Today's Talking Simpsons is brought to you by BarkBox, and you can go to getbarkbox.com slash lasertime to get a free month of doggy delights. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons where we've got beats! This is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons. I am your host, Bog, Bog, Bob, Big Chief Crazy Cone Mackie, who else is here today? For uh, Santista with a stolen nickname from Bob. Um, and I'm, I'm Henry, a big fan of poison pizza. <laughs> My name is not Bog, by the way, at least uh, outside of Twitter it's not. And uh, today's episode is Itchy and Scratchy, the movie, mm. which aired on a Tuesday, uh, November oh, 3rd, yes. 1992. Ah, right. Chris, something very important yeah. happened on this day in history. You're you lucky. can tell us. Oh, I got it, Bobby. Important news Bob was referring to is that Elton John signs a record-breaking oh, recording contract exactly. for $39 million, and Wait. I had to pad this segment because this week's news will have to stretch across two episodes, because <laughs> The Simpsons tonight is airing unopposed by any other television shows, because every other network in primetime is running the election results as Bill Clinton wins the 1992 presidency. Question, were you guys watching this episode during that? Because yes. I was. Hell yes. yes. Why would I care about an election? I'm sure I knew more than I did in 88 just because I would watch the SNL clips and they were so funny. And I knew that Bill Clinton was a kill Billy and that the other two were old ladies. But, yes. But, uh, I, I looked around. I didn't listen to the commentary, but I was bumping, bumbling around for some insights here. You look at the schedule. Everybody was talking about the election. It seems like almost ballsy mad Rupert Murdoch counter-programming yeah. to like fuck everybody else then we're gonna put we're gonna be the only people in primetime on network airing a new episode of our show on a night it never airs it's kind of like when MTV would air new Beavis and Butthead shorts during, during the, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl halftime yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I love the uh, Butt Bowl I think yeah, it was called yeah I, I miss Super Bowl halftime counter-programming mm-hmm. I was such a 90s thing and yep. now it's dead Living but Color the, Live but this yeah I think a lot of people didn't think there was any way the Democrats would take back the, yeah. the White House and Sideshow so, Bob Warren us. He did. <laughs> I'll be back on the streets with all my criminal buddies. So it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that I mean, Clinton was going to take. Most people thought Bill wasn't going to even get the win the primary. Like he may not have eroded and ruined so many votes. For, yeah. um, Bush yeah, ruined yeah. that election like a Japanese banquet, though. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. Not my joke, not my joke. Oh, uh, Bush sucked, but also, yeah, Perot kind of really hurt him. And yeah. that's why both parties from then on were like, please, no third party. Like, you will kill us in the presidency. Mm-hmm. Like, it happens every... It ha- they, You always lose some votes, and if you're as... Uh, if you suck as much as Al Gore did at beating a complete imbecile like George W. Bush, then that third party, that 3% of a third party will get you. But, uh, you know, seeing the Perot bits make me go like, man, he's got, he is so much more respectable than Gary Johnson. God, of course. Yes, he is. It's I, so like, crazy. You see Gary Johnson in, in interviews. Like, he doesn't even have like a PR person to comb his hair. Like, just comb your hair. Can we just do that? Before he him? fell off a turnip truck, and uh, yeah, this—it's so weird to think that uh, we are almost seventy episodes into The Simpsons, and we are just hitting. Wow. Wow. We're just hitting Clinton's America wow. with this episode. It's—it's it's so strange. It's true. Yeah, it feels. It, it fe- I always equate it with the Clinton ministry. Oh, you yeah. can almost yeah. smell my first pubic hair. <laughs> Please, I, I really don't want to. Uh, so yes, this this episode opens with a bit from the critic. Well, what would eventually sure become is. the critic? It's this is so criticky. Yes. Captain Klingon's off the starboard bow. Again with the Klingons. 
<laughs> Nearly 25 years ago, it's a joke about how the Star Trek cast is getting old. Yeah. So this We're is, almost down to half. So this is Star Trek 12, so very tired, mm-hmm. with uh, great impersonations of all the original yeah. cast. Yeah, back then, it was a funny joke to do because uh, we were between Star Trek's five and six. Mm-hmm. Five was them trying to pretend they weren't super old, but everybody's like, you're really old. And then six Oh, was come on. Like, he was climbing the mountain, Henry. I saw it. <laughs> Why, Why is he climbing? climbing? But the captain or, or the Uhura body double. Yes. Holy crap. For a dance of the seven veils. Holy crap. <laughs> no, fan dance. But then in six, <laughs> they made six going like, this is the last one. You and are all great. old. You're retiring. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and uh, so this joke happens between it and... When I see it now, maybe it's because James Doohan is no longer with us. Yeah. But I thought the joke was a little just too mean of like, and Scotty's gotten fat. He wasn't fat in the 60s. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're all, I'd like to see how fat the rest of you Simpsons writers are to 40 years later. Yeah, everyone like, just gets wider, even if they don't get fatter. I, so I got to say, I'm always shocked to when I do see an episode of the original series. I'm like, that's Scotty? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was my reaction, too. I only knew Scotty <laughs> as movies. mustache guy who's fat and yes. has gray hair. I love the Futurama uh, episode with the Star Trek cast where they couldn't get James Doohan, so they got another character and called him Welshie. Good old Welshie. <laughs> and he died. <laughs> Welshie! Yeah. Uh, but I, had, I never got the reference. Oh, really? Just, okay. Yes, until just now. I know it's the last Futurama episode, I believe. I think it's the, the uh, uh, Fox run. Oh, maybe second to last? I thought the uh, Devil's oh. Hands are Idle Play no, Things. No, Devil's Hands are Idle Play Things are the last I thought it was yeah. meant to be the finale. Never. Uh, but anywho, another reason why I feel like this one is too mean is I got to watch the original cast watch this bit. What? Because Ooh. it was on, I think it was on one of those like 30th anniversary of Star Trek things. It would be 96 <laughs> if it was well, I guess it's not a surprise. That just had its 20th anniversary, the 30th anniversary special hosted by Ted Danson. <laughs> so on the 30th anniversary special, uh, I believe this was where it was. It might have been somewhere else. Ben Stiller comes out, mm-hmm. who was moderately successful at the time, mm-hmm. but was not megastar Ben Stiller. But he comes out to say what a big Star Trek fan he is, specifically the original series. And then he intros this clip. Mm-hmm. And when oh, the wow. clip's done... It ends on that joke of Scotty being too fat oh, to boy. reach the controls. And then it cuts to James Doohan's face. Like, like the producer's like, well, let's see his reaction to it. And I think he, he's he's nicely laughing at it like, ha ha. Hurting inside. It's so mean to yeah. James Doohan. I'm on a juice diet. If you've listened to, if you've watched the film Trekkies, mm-hmm. you will get a whole new appreciation for James Doohan because... He tells a story of somebody, a fan calling him and saying they want to kill themselves and him talking them out of suicide and then meeting them years and years later wow. at a Star Trek convention and I saying, like, that. remember how I, I was the one who called and said I, I was going to kill myself and and now I, I got a college degree and I've got a big job and it's it's all thanks to you. And it was just like beautiful, wow. beautiful. Anyway, and so... You need to say, keep watching that Star Trek anniversary special if you'd like to see... The Bridge of the Enterprise with only the cast of Frasier. Because that is what <laughs> wow. happens. That is exactly what happens. I, I, just, I love the line, again with the Klingons. Again, I, it's it's what I remember when I think of Star Trek parodies. Because <laughs> like, I think Family Guy opened like 19 of them. Also very funny. I love the way they made William Shatner move. But so very tired is the Star yeah. Trek joke I remember. And Facebook has that on this day feature, at least of this recording, uh, during this recording. Mm-hmm. And I... A few days ago, I clicked back, and like nine years ago, my, my Facebook update was just again with the Klingons. So yeah, Klingons. it's very appropriate that we're doing this episode now. All right, but, but so this, this episode, episode. Oh, yes. it is. I don't know. Like, like again, we talked about in the Halloween episode previously. A lot of these references went over the head of eleven-year-old little me. 
but not this one. No way. Uh, this was celebrating an entire medium, uh, sending up uh, an entire genre. Uh, I thought I, I watch. I never get tired of watching this episode. I love it so much. So you know, we we grew up in mostly in a post Roger Rabbit world, yeah. which was all about seeing like. Specials on tar- ta- uh, Termite Terrace. Mm-hmm. Specials on how do they make Disney cartoons? Yeah. Like, do you guys remember the one of um, Carol Burnett showing how they animate a cartoon? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. But I, I remember like I all of those things. I remember verbatim in my head. It takes one thousand drawings to make a seven minute cartoon. No idea where I heard that, but I watched those things all the time. And around this era, every cartoon would have an episode about making a cartoon yeah. or what entailed the making of a cartoon, like Tiny Toons yeah. did, of course, yeah. and like mm-hmm. every I like Beavis and butthead so many were about making a cartoon because mm-hmm. i mean the people making the show were making cartoons yeah. they're, they're four years in their lives are making cartoons they don't have a life anymore so they got to write about it. but this begins with the parent teacher conference mm-hmm. i i really love when bart says oh you kid no, and then it, the way march says yes. thank you bart it's a great line. Might hubba, be my line hubba. of the show. Oh, you kid. Thank you, dear. <laughs> now be good for grandpa while we're at the parent teacher meeting we'll bring back dinner what are we gonna have well, that depends on what your teachers say. If you've been good, pizza. If you've been bad, uh, let's see, poison. What if one of us has been good and one of us has been bad? Poison pizza. Oh, no, I'm not making two stops. <laughs> that might be my line of the show. That's, That's great, yeah. Uh, I'll just throw it out. Maybe, maybe it'll be tops. I don't know. Oh, no, I had That's another one. That's a joke. Never mind. Keep going. Okay, but the, I, the, the dynamic of this mm-hmm. episode of... Bart versus Homer, but it's so different because you think from the previous episodes, Homer is the super disciplinarian who strangles you Bart. You think he's yeah. the mean one. But but he's mean in instances, but yeah. he's also like a total pushover in yeah. the long run. And yeah. I get that a lot more now being an adult. How the fuck do you punish a kid? Like, thinking of me grounding one of my friend's kids for two weeks, like, <laughs> I'd never be able to hold up to that. Yeah. Of course I'm going to forget. If, of course I felt like as a kid I could get away with murder because my parents couldn't hold to that. They don't want to yes. see me miserable for two weeks. Like, this is not really coming from nowhere, though. In yeah. Camp Krusty, we saw Homer, uh, you know, Bart take a, oh, didn't yeah. get good grades, and he's mm-hmm. like, well, you shouldn't have to suffer for my my bad judgment, <laughs> so go to Camp Krusty. Like, but I think it's really like Homer is too lazy to punish Bart, yeah. mm. and it's less that, less of him wanting to baby Bart, but it's more get, like being lazy I he think. did he did mention that he's like i don't i didn't want to hang you hang around the house all the time yeah exactly. anyway and but this is all the things bart's bart has done bart has been guilty of the Oof. following atrocities synthesizing a laxative from peas and carrots mm-hmm. replacing my birth control pills with tic tacs well i'm sorry i'm sure bart doesn't really mean to be bad Now's our chance to be bad. <laughs> so Bart so, has to be really bad. He's at his episode. worst. But he's real cute in this uh, on episode record, I for think. some reason. I mean, I don't know. Kid, he's pulling up the carpet. Look at him. <laughs> well, he is abusing Grandpa. So, so okay, the dark, dark joke about Arthur and the fireworks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where did he see yeah. the fireworks? They cut away so that they don't tell you he put him in his growing area, but like. If he did, like, Bart's in jail. Like, that's a crime. He's in juvie. But yeah. I did want to ask you guys, like, did your parents go to these? Because as in, yeah. as in Homer the Heretic, I established my parents had no time for God. So, of course, they had no time for the PTA. Oh. So I really locked out. Yeah, like, they, there were no none of these meetings, none of these conversations. I was a good kid, though. But All the time. And if there's anybody under the age of eight listening, um, your your teachers uh, teachers look bad if they say you're bad. So all of my teachers, like, I was the worst. My teachers hated me. I had some things that are like pra- borderline illegal happen to me from being misbehaving. <laughs> you are Bart. Cl- yeah, yeah. Like, but like every time, 
They said Chris is a really smart guy, but can't seem to focus himself. They gave you a real compliment Uh, sandwich. Yeah, but it's like, but that's the thing. A teacher can't insult you because it reflects poorly upon them in in almost all cases. So, kids, if you're under eight, and I know most of you are, I've seen the demos, uh, (laughs) do whatever you want. And uh, meanwhile, Homer gets all the good stuff because he he's there he for Lisa. To Lisa. But I, I do love this because I think if I'm a – again, I keep viewing this through the eyes of a soon-to-be parent, which I'm not. But, like, I, there's really no other evolution I can take as a human <laughs> being at this point. Do I hear the stork? Um, but <laughs> I just call this clip feet. How Disciplined because I think I would have a difficult time with this. Are you kidding? Lisa turned out perfect. I won't stand here and listen to you bad-mouthing Lisa. We're talking about Bart. Oh, that guy. (laughs) I think the problem here is discipline. If Bart does something wrong, you should punish him. Well, we try. But he has this way of making us think we've punished him when actually we've completely caved in. He's the boy you love to hate. (laughs) Well, you've got to start being firm with him. I believe with persistent discipline, even the poorest student can end up becoming... Oh, say, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. What (laughs) great men he would join. John Marshall, Charles Evans Hughes, Warren Berger. Hmm. Mmm, Berger. I I love the running Supreme Court justice jokes and that Homer knows an astounding amount of Supreme Court justices. (laughs) Ask me to name two. It's a weird bit of knowledge he possesses. I know William Taft was one. I, I do want to mention two things about Homer being in Miss Hoover's classroom. Yeah. Uh, one, he makes armpit fart noises yeah. through his clothes. Once again, we saw that in Bart the Genius. And two, he's sitting behind what looks like uh, the prototype for Ralph Wiggum's dad before he was a Wiggum. It's yeah, like yeah. like literally an adult Ralph is in front of Homer in these Miss Hoover oh, yeah, scenes. So I, look I, for the, that the guy. The trivia on the wiki had pointed out that Ralph's parents are clearly not there. Yeah. But I see. But they, Homer, also Homer squeezing into the desk <laughs> is great animation. I and, love that. And we get a little taste of what a flashback will look like mm-hmm. in Lisa's first words. Oh, like they're drawn right. the same way that they will be oh. in that flashback episode uh, when he's reading TV Guide and about how Fonzie's lo- worried he's losing his cool. <laughs> that I didn't get that joke is great. The three the three R's of TV Guide. Renewing TV Guide. Reading, write, uh, writing to and renewing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Homer, uh, so also I love just Grandpa's teeth, like it's it's a yeah. great little run. I like, I like how the teeth are just like orbs or dice but or something. Yeah, They're yeah. so weird. There's a lot of, but that's what I, well, one. There we haven't even got to the story of the episode, which is a celebration of animation. The story starts like literally starts with Act Two. Yeah. Like, everything else is a prelude to Itchy and Scratchy. But the amount of squash and stretch and like animation techniques on display here oh, yeah. are, are insane. So Rich Moore uh, would direct some great episodes with great animation, including sure. Cape Fear. He would go on to be the supervising director of uh, Futurama. Mm-hmm. This and episode the and the critic. And the this critic. episode and I just been... rewatched Zootopia. I'm going to make a couple recommendations here. Uh, that might be my one. Of, it's in my top five. Did he direct Zootopia? He co directed Okay, or at least co-wrote wow. it, and he directed Wreck It Ralph. Am I correct? Indeed, yes, yes. Yeah. that's right. I, that's where I got to interview him. As I've mentioned, on if this you th- if you think Zootopia looks stupid, it's because for some reason the promotional uh, things did not tell you it was a film noir about casual racism. It didn't tell you anything. <laughs> it, it it doesn't say that anywhere. I'm like, this is surprisingly weird for a Disney film, and the, it's amazing. The ad campaign was like, get this, guys. What if animals could talk? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, like you've what, done this for a hundred years, <laughs> but it's funny. It's it's beautiful. It's deeply moving, and it, I. I 
I lo- that movie is really good. I still good. want to see it. It looks really, really cool. Good old Bang Bang Bart, man. I love mm. Bang Bang Bart. <laughs> Why not? That's for me to love Bing. I, I felt bad that this was a, a nightmarish future of Bart where Bart mm. was not there to say cool after yeah. it ended. Cool. Just the way he like, ugh. The way he's just <laughs> <laughs> so wait, we have, we have, on the ground. We have Gambling Hag Lisa. Yeah. We have Drifter Bart. Yeah. We have Bang Bang Bart. I think yes. I'm missing one more dark we future. Are, fuck, mm. Which one was it? Dark God. future. Uh, I'm thinking when he got strangled in that uh, the co- courtroom. And that oh, the, the Rockstar Bart. Oh, oh Rockstar Bart. Off, man. God, I love these dark futures. But this, yeah, he fucks up Grandpa's teeth. And that is, like, in hindsight, now as an adult, so goddamn gross to put another person's dentures but in I, your mouth. I love the shot of him hanging from the ceiling so, fan blade and it. the background spinning behind <laughs> him. I yeah. love all of it. And I, I love and the animation. biting the records is such a, like, it's Bart an taping them up. And, yeah, and spinning them out. Like, all the animation here is, like, it. The Simpsons is very rarely functioning like a real cartoon. Yeah. Um, when it, Grandpa's teeth hit the floor, it sounds like dice are rolling. I come across like linoleum. When he pulls like, out of his mouth in this sequence... If you don't start making more sense, we're going to have to put you in a home. You already put me in a home. Then we'll put you in the crooked home he saw in 60 minutes. When he pulls uh, the, the, the tape off, it's like this fireworks flourish of, yeah. of things and frames of animation the Simpsons normally don't get. It's a really pretty episode. I, eventually you're stuck on his forehead. <laughs> yes, I love the animation of Grandpa waking up with the ball of tape and teeth in his mouth. Like, <laughs> and this is uh, just, but, and then you have written comedy and this is all beautiful. Look what your bad egg of a son did to my teeth. Dad, you and your stories. Bart broke my teeth. The nurses are stealing my money. This thing on my neck is getting bigger. Now, this is exactly what Bart's teacher was talking about. Our son did something wrong, and you looked the other way. But, Marge, look at that hangdog <laughs> expression. He's learned his lesson. Let's get him a present. Please, Homer, why do I always have to be the bad guy? All right, all right, young man. Since you broke Grandpa's teeth, he gets to break yours. Oh, this is going to be sweet. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. Bart, we're sending you to bed without your supper. Yeah, right. Like you're going to let me go hungry. I'll be eating that pizza in five minutes. Bart, stop being confident. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. That's a good line. Yeah. I like that. Stop being confident. Uh, Chris, you did not capture, I think, what is my line of the show. is uh, Time really flies when you're reading the Bible. The, Ew. Yeah. <laughs> the way he just like slowly backs away from yeah. it. But, the, the, but this, they, is what, this is my favorite moment as a kid. And it's just, it's real quick. It doesn't, it doesn't do well in audio. But again, a beautiful animated gag. I'm starving. Somebody bring me some food. Quick. I'm a coming boy. <laughs> Get back here. It's so quick, but it's it's Homer running up what looks like, I don't know, to the seventh story of the Simpsons house. <laughs> yeah. He's running so fast with pizza in his hand. The animation on that and also um, Bart seeing uh, Santa's Little Helper's mm. head as a pizza box mm-hmm. was really good. With like, the pizza tongue coming out of the yeah, box. Yeah, yeah. really like, cute. Even as a kid, and now if someone was prohibiting me from eating pizza while the smells were going on in the house, mm-hmm. people would get murdered. <laughs> I, I would not put up with that for a second. I think this did teach kids bad lessons of like, oh, you can manipulate your parents. Like, and you I did. have some power here. I did they a, can't I did let you die. Yeah, there was there wasn't many ways. Like, you can't watch TV. Well, what I'm going to do is go down to the garage sale and buy a $10 black and white TV, hollow out the furniture you gave me, and hide it inside. <laughs> Fuck you. And that's how I watch most of The Simpsons, by the way. A fucking 13-inch black-and-white television on Fox 49. That's called a technicality, Chris. Yeah. Uh, uh, but this, this is they finally introduce what... Oh, wait, yeah, Jasper sorry. also... He tries to... I live a little bit of... 
Oh, Grandpa trying, trying to steal Jasper's teeth, yes. and then Jasper sleeps in his bed with like a nine millimeter. It's <laughs> pretty. If it isn't very the old guy fairy. Um, this is this is great, but this is what the the whole theme of the episode yeah. is. Coming for Christmas, the itchy and scratchy movie. Bart, come quick! There's an itchy and scratchy movie. <gasps> You'll find it in the itchy and scratchy movie coming soon to a theater near you. Fifty-three percent new footage. <laughs> so that joke. You might not get it now, but it, this is why it's a yeah. good animation joke, yes. because f- animated films are very expensive to produce and always have been, and in the theaters, the Looney Tunes in general were represented by compilation films, where oh, yeah. the original animators, Frizz Freeling and Chuck Jones, would, like, what are, you, what are we talking about? Looney, 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 Bugs Bunny movie. The Bugs Bunny uh, and Roadrunner movie. Uh, Quackbusters. Quackbusters. Uh, I watched that one a lot. Fantastic yeah. Island. Duck. Yeah, whatever. Um, and like, things like even like Heathcliff the movie yeah. was just like, well, here yeah. are some of my old adventures. <laughs> oh, it's... That is so well, awful. Also the, and also in the He-Man movie, yeah. too, like, they all recycled animation. Like, only Disney... And Disney wasn't making many new yeah, it's, cartoons it's, then, either. It's really difficult to convey the excitement of an itchy and scratchy movie, because, like, really the only thing I could to is me being like 27 in a Simpsons movie coming out. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm gonna watch every trailer and buy my tickets in advance. Which is why that movie starts with an itchy and scratch. They're at yeah. the itchy and scratchy movie. They yeah. are. So um, what really uh, astounded me about this episode in retrospect mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, Itchy and Scratchy did not jump the shark. Like, mm-hmm. they were continued to be uh, used as characters, yeah. and they continued to have m- new adventures. Like, I felt like this could have been the end of these characters, like, the logical conclusion yeah. of these characters. With like, this... with the auto show, and they stopped using auto yeah. pretty much after that. Like, the, the movie we see at the end of this episode could have been the last short. Like, yeah. the ultimate Itchy and Scratchy will not use this again, but I'm glad they kept it up, because yeah. uh, we'll get to it later on. The Simpsons will be right back. Hi, Talking Simpsons listeners. This is your buddy Chris telling you that this episode is brought to you by BarkBox. You know what BarkBox is? If you don't know what BarkBox is, it is committed to making your pooches happy. And they work with local and independent businesses to do this. Uh, For you humans out there, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats, super fun toys, and they're all curated around a surprise theme each month. BarkBox ships to U.S. and Canada, and the boxes start for as low as $20. We all love our pets, and sometimes we forget to show them love. Now imagine if the gift of a million belly scratches could show up at your door with minimal hassle every month. Uh, BarkBox contains chews, treats, vitamins, toys, and uh, just in case your dog has any allergies, let them know. They could build you a box that caters to your dog, and every BarkBox is wheat, corn, and soy-free. And just so you know, you can exchange items if your pooch doesn't like it. Have I said the word pooch too much? Maybe. So if you'd like to know the glory of seeing a dog's tail wag on a regular basis, so if you'd like to know the glory of seeing your puppy's tail wag on a regular basis, maybe BarkBox is for you. And once again, Talking Simpsons listeners can go to getbarkbox.com slash laser time and get a free month. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. We've been talking about forever trying to get a group together mm-hmm. that might be better for beta breakers, but to go as uh, the entire, man, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, Rudd Paul Rudd. Rudd. Celery Man, the entire... Oh, yeah. Uh, Tane, Oyster, I New call Tane. New Tane. Uh, I know. We knew you would do New Tane. So, like, I, I, like someone's got to be Oyster. Someone's got to be Tane. 
Now, Tane, I can get into. (laughs) Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcasts, as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. There were other bits that reminded me of being a kid in there, too, where, you know, I don't know if it is this way for kids now with the internet and all that, but when I was a kid, you could have a movie announced to you by the commercial yep. on TV. You would like, never know. In, in a month, this movie's coming out. To- I, that's exactly it. what I was hitting up. The yeah. idea that, like, because I, I remember doing things like that. There's a movie, and I have to call <laughs> my friends. Did you know there's a fucking Garbage Pail Kids movie? I remember so many moments like that in my life, like with the Ninja Turtles arcade game. Yeah. Like, this is real. Like, uh, one there's night. No promotion for it. We yeah. can find out on television. Somebody from Entertainment Tonight tells us while they're, like, when they're throwing the credits. I guess you had to read Variety at yeah. that time to know. But, like, yeah. as a kid, like, I was watching Fox one night, like, what, the critic is back? There, there, there are new critics? Yeah. Like, yeah. what, what, what? Yeah, I, exactly. I remember my dad would have to tell me because he's so fucking NPR obsessed. And every <laughs> one of those idiots goes on Terry Gross. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Terry Gross. You know, there's a new, there's a, there's a movie out of this whole Ninja Turtles thing you keep wearing on your shirts and uh, playing with. Like, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I think by the mid-90s, mainly because that's where you get updates on if a new Mystery Science Theater would be on, that mm-hmm. I learned to read TV Guy and, and, and renewing TV Which is later <laughs> reference in this show, the yes. first Mystery Science reference. That's true. Mm-hmm. But, oh, wow, yeah. Uh, and speaking of being a kid, okay, so did you guys ever put action figures in the microwave? Um, no, but my I hated, hated G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. I was such a, I hated most manly toys. I love just <laughs> cute stuff. I like Barbie. I had Rainbow Bright stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely torture G.I. Joe characters my aunt would give me. Driving nails through them, burying them in sand, <laughs> wow. melting them with magnifying glasses. I, I was kind of a weird kid, believe it or not. I'm on a podcast. I was a weird kid. But uh, yeah. after I discovered Nintendo, I'm like, fuck toys. I'm, uh, I'm video game guy now. It's all video games. I'm just our, our episode of Laser Time where we tried to find the, what's the oldest toy on the toy shelf. And what I had to do was detail what year every toy came out and you know from like barbie in the 50s to uh before transformers in 1984 and then 85 and you not have something represented on the toy shelf until power rangers in 1992 oh wow there is not a toy other than ninja turtles there's no toy phenomenon that could crack the nintendo hold on young boys yeah wow that's one of them yeah and well i did do it but actually before this episode so i wasn't inspired to do it by Mm -hmm. the simpsons but I remember it was about three years before this episode aired. I had a, uh, it wasn't James Bond, it was RoboCop. I had mm. a RoboCop toy, and I put him in the microwave Wait, as oh part of whatever story it's I was telling. He's got metal in it, right? And that was, oh, God. So that was part of the, uh, the story I was telling of, like, I have to put him in some science machine in the story I'm telling oh, with this toy. So I put him in there. Oh, God. And he comes out smelling weird. And this is the, <laughs> it is the RoboCop toy that had, like, the cap buster in the back of it. Perfect. Like, it, yeah, and so it had, you know, a metal flicking thing mm. on the back. So I put metal in the microwave, and I then, as a kid who was like, I just told my mom some days later, oh, yeah, I put I put RoboCop in the microwave. He was fine. And then my mom was like, you put metal in the microwave? <laughs> like, you could have exploded. Like, I always forget that there's... Uh, I think I've almost I've put metal in the microwave like 
five different times. I, I think I remember when I became disillusioned with toys. I loved the Crash Dummy toys. They were so Those cool were because you were supposed uh, to break yeah. them. Yeah. But if you broke them too much, they would break permanently. And that, that kept happening. And that I, extended uh, my interest in toys for one more year They after were so puberty. cool. They I loved them really, so much. Those the Darkwing. And then I'm like, I'm going to buy the Darkwing Duck toys. And the big yeah. the Bigfoot make your own tinfoil crushable car. Uh, sorry. We're <laughs> yes. too nostalgic here. But, uh, the, but the Itchy Crash and Scratchy movie, uh, yeah, they're referencing compilation films with... Fort, like yes, usually thirty to forty percent new animation because it's expensive, and 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 also due to the process of animation, it was it's very rare for a, a movie of an animated TV show to hit theaters while it's still popular. And I was trying to think of good example, like Care Bears is like the first. It's is, is a strange pioneer mm-hmm. in the theatrical animation industry because it did hit that. Yeah. And about two to three years after this, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm mm-hmm. would hit theaters. Kind of so, after the momentum was gone. The momentum was gone a bit. They did plan on it just being direct to video, and then mm-hmm. like, no, we can put this in theaters, and it did not it's, do well in theaters. It did terribly, and it's really good. It's uh, it, until the Nolan films, it was. Easily the best, easily the best. I, I still think it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. Like, I don't think the Nolan yeah. movies have aged that well. No, Dark, no, the Dark Knight, right. I think, is you can hold that one up pretty high. Dry <laughs> also, just the way, like, God, the fight with the Joker, it's mm. the fight to end. Uh, oh, it's really good, and crazy. the music is fantastic. Yeah, and he yes. fucking bleeds like he yeah. bleeds all over he the place. He knocks the Joker's out. tooth out, yeah. it's fantastic. Uh, fucking, uh, what are you doing? You won't get us <laughs> both killed. Can't tell. Whatever it takes. If you and the can't tell, I think we're kind of bonded here as as human beings and friends over our love of animation. I'm playing with a Gumby toy right now. Yeah. By the way. yeah if you can't see the rest of my room, it is kind of a salute to uh, every era of animation. I'd like to think. Um, I think this episode is important though because it establishes that Itchy and Scratchy are this world's Disney. Which we did not have before. No, they had never been timeless yeah. Yeah. before. And which again, they would double down on with Itchy and Scratchy Land. And I've, I, I know I've said this on a billion podcasts, but the, uh, I love 1940s, 30s animation. They were screened theatrically in front of movies with Humphrey Bogart. And then they found a new lease on life in the 50s by being screened on television because they still worked. Unlike a lot of forever. Yeah, unlike a lot of the other content made back, like you couldn't tell when this was made and it's all designed to be work really fast. Yeah, and, and uh, these writers grew up watching those reruns. They did. Uh, and, during and their so, childhoods. Like, because yeah. you, there wasn't quite enough time to fill 30 minutes, you would usually have a children's show host, like a Krusty the Clown. So the only thing I was confused by is because m- with my adult knowledge of this medium, they would have had to have been 1940s cartoons. Mm. Uh, that Krusty is just pretty much there to uh, shout out to local affiliates and play public domain play Merry Melodies. And, I'll, and, and then do like one game just yeah. to say, like, all right, we play the Grand Prize That's why game. Bozo exists, and I think it's still... I think, <laughs> the is that Bozo, a frame of reference people exist? The Bozo franchise. It's, it is a franchise. Yeah. There's been multiple Bozos. You can be your town's Bozo yeah. if you try hard enough. Well, speaking of television institutions... This episode has a debut. Does it? The yeah. Movie oh, yes. Man. I yes. Got, oh, I believe I have that. It looks like Henry has a whole history. I want to hear this. I had that. Hold on. Let me see. Let me burn through these clips then, I guess. Right. Boy, you're going to have to be punished for this. Dad, you could punish me, but that means you have to think of a punishment, <laughs> sit here, so and good. make sure I do it. Oh. Or you could let me go play with Millhouse while you spend the afternoon watching unpredictable Mexican sitcoms. Yay. Ay, el estomago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Run along, you little champ. So, uh, it's probably his least whimsical adventure, Mumbling Man. <laughs> well, so first off, this this is a reference to... El Chavo. Uh, well, it, well, it's a thing that kids couldn't do. Uh, well, they can do now, but I just remember 
when it was like as mm-hmm. a child raised by television who was looking to kill time whenever mm-hmm. you could like roll the dice and be like let's see what will be on mm-hmm. this spanish language channel i won't understand it telemundo but yeah well what will be on telemundo sometimes you get sabado gigante mm-hmm. and sometimes the- you get debu uh, like alf with a puppet yeah. which is a human puppet <laughs> as, a, as a boy going through puberty there were very attractive women on telemundo oh, uh sabado sure. gigante especially, yeah. Right? yeah on sketch on their it's sketch Shusha? comedy mm-hmm. yeah. yeah is that what that's what they all like the Every single cast member is Jimmy Fallon and breaks at their own joke. So so this was, in general, a reference to that of just Mm -hmm. turning on Spanish language television. And as a white person who doesn't understand Spanish, it's it's fun in a silly way. It is actually a very specific reference to El Chavo. So, uh, Bumblebee Man, first appearance, and he's... He's almost always written to just say Spanish language that any high school student in America knows. It's usually no me gusta, like, not yeah, my poor ay, stomach. Ay, ay, no me gusta. Mm-hmm. Ay, el trabajo. <laughs> uh, but it is specifically based on El Chapulín Colorado. Oh, not El Chavo? The red... Well, yeah. El, el Chavo. El, el, yeah, but the full name, the red grasshopper. Uh, right? Oh, yeah. God. The, yeah, El Chapulín Colorado. I was talking to my buddy from Brazil, and like that show was that show is huge all over the world. It is except a, here, but it's a, it's apparently it's a superhero parody sitcom, and he is a superhero. Is that it's, right? But it's yeah, also had he, animated shows. It's mm, had movies. Yeah, and he would have a sidekick who was like uh, like Alfalfa, basically, mm-hmm. with like painted on freckles, mm-hmm. uh, old man, and he and he was played by actor Roberto Gomez Bolaños. Uh, who passed away in 2014? Mm-hmm. Yeah, recently, and his, and his stage name was Chesperito, which in Spanish means Little Shakespeare. Wow, <laughs> wow. Really? yeah, it's awesome. And so, yeah, this was a very specific reference to him, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, his character would grow over time. Yes. Sometimes he can speak perfect English, mm-hmm. other times he can't. In the uh, 22 short films about <laughs> that's a great, great bit. I love that bit, and it is that he lives in a Spanish language world, uh, a part of Springfield where he only speaks Spanish, yeah. and his life is the, the real life is his bumblebee. Man. He has like a slapstick comedy house where things <laughs> just fall on him. Yeah, Ooh, El Naranja. And, and this, I, this to me is my favorite part of the show. Uh, not just because it involves our, um, you know, default ending theme. Tonight on I yeah. on Springfield, we meet a man who's been hiccuping for 45 years. Kill me. Kill me. But first, we'll examine the growing itchy and scratchy mania with their new movie premiering today. I got my ticket. I'm here live in Korea to give you a first-hand <laughs> look at how American cartoons are made. But first, let's take a look back. At the year 1928. Mm-hmm. So before we get started so with this, uh, this is on the commentary, by the way, a little oh, commentary man. fact. Um, this scene kind of outraged the overseas animators, and they did not want to work on Whoa. it. Because, As they should have. Yeah. I, I agree with him. I agree with their outrage. It's a funny joke. It looks like a prison camp. Yes. Exactly. It looks like a prison period. Yeah. And that, I mean, they're being forced to animate at gunpoint. And yeah, they... I think, I think the Jeff- scene is sympathetic towards the animators, though, even though you it's know, inaccurate. In a way, yeah. but it's also, well, the, I would think it's not sympathetic to the bosses of the Korean animators mm. who are they're employing. Yeah, they're kind of eating their cake and having it, too. Like, haha, you're underpaid. This and, was, yeah. We talked about that in another episode, right? Or was that the, the season wrap-up about the process of... Yeah, the process of Yeah, the of process it. of I, animation. I, I, did, I was talking to a dear friend who just didn't know that 
all animation almost to this day is the work of slavery. <laughs> like uh, underpaid well, people and usually the exploitation of foreign labor. It was funny because in the 80s it was like all outsourced to Japan mm-hmm. and the quality was much, much higher because yep. uh, Jap- Japan has a, a big history with animation. Mm-hmm. But I think there was like uh, the fall of communism in South Korea or something happened where Korea became accessible. No, no, no. South Korea has always been our bros. Yeah. That's, always where, that's, that's where the home of animation was. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it traveled to South Korea. I know that like Japanese animation is more expensive than Korea and then even yeah. Japan started outsourcing it in anime but this was like this was something I didn't know until this episode mm. and as a kid until this episode that all these cartoons were animated in Korea and then it's something you find out yeah they all are done there and but yeah on the commentary that I believe it was director Jeffrey Lynch mm. saying that like they pissed off everybody at, wow. at the at the studio in <clears> Seoul uh, Korea is Seoul, South Korea, and then they did come back to them and just like, "Hey, you draw this, all right?" Yeah, wow. like and uh, guys, they fought back for the first time. <laughs> I think that, yeah, and I think the the producers were the writers were taken by surprise. Like, oh, we thought it was bad there. And they're like, no, it's the the reports. Though, of course, this is who you who would want to say that it's good is people exploiting people, but mm-hmm. they say that it you know it is a good job in a good facility and people get paid well yeah. but it and the cost of living is much lower in south it korea it has to be something like that because yeah. if it's anything like modern game development it is exploitive and terrible and I, I i don't know how the process of animation but we've all read that book sick little monkeys and like yeah. the, the amount of like work that writing that's done in la with animatics done here sent to canada and then sent to korea yes. is insane Regard, and like in any case animation is a highly skilled and completely thankless job yes, yes. Well, yeah. and the reason this uh, the simpsons or itchy uh, itchy scratchy mm-hmm. ren and stimpy is better than hanna barbera cartoons mm-hmm. is because of it, of cheaper labor yeah when mm-hmm. it was just all oh even like cheaper labor like rocky and bullwinkle was animated mm-hmm. in mexico for nothing which yeah. is why it looks like dog shit <laughs> yes rocky and bullwinkle is hilarious though mm-hmm. but it is horrible animation mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ren and Stimpy would send the, uh, they would do all the layouts in America, which was unheard of. The Simpsons were doing it at the time, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, those are the important poses. They would not just send a storyboard to someplace in the Philippines and say, you figure it out, which is what almost every Hanna-Barbera show would do, and Filmation and all those other companies. And and also, it was was something, too, I remember in the the Korean animation thing, Mm -hmm. in the Miyazaki, the special making of of, um, uh, Send It to Hero, or um, Spirited Away, mm-hmm. in that he bemoans the fact that to hit ship date, they have to outsource stuff to Korea. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't want to. They wanted to keep all the animation in-house, or at the very least, in Japan. Such a crazy and process, And they though. shipped it off to Korea, though, instead. But I, I, it is funny, though, that Korea, like, and I'm not to say, like, there are no Korean animated films, mm-hmm. but I remember, like, when I was a big anime junkie in the late 90s, it was a big deal that there was, like, oh, this is made in Korea but for Korea like in the people in charge are Korean they had a really like, awesome film boom for there for a little while oh, and then really? in a reverse hmm. situation the movie The Host which is really good ah, yes. it's like a, a Godzilla movie but all of it takes place on the ground and in the daytime and mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of a monster movie approach to a monster movie you haven't seen it's a Korean film and all the effects were done here wow. uh, in the Presidio by, I, by another I company love, I love The Host so much yeah, I mean, especially like it opens with it, it breaks the rules of monster movies of like the first time you're going to see the monster yeah. is full on and in the daytime. In the daytime. Yeah. We are incredible animation nerds, by the way. We are. Um, and that's, that's what Ken Brockman is getting into. Yes. 1928, that's the same day 
Disney falsely attributes Ooh. the birthday of Mickey Mouse. Wow. Uh, it is actually... What's the true story? Are you uh, a Mickey is, truther, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> is that they first made well, the, the short crazy. Plain Crazy with uh, Mickey. So oh. I love that. Because no one ever says this. Technically, Minnie has the exact same birthday. Nobody wanted to distribute that cartoon. but uh, And then Ken Brockman goes in, and then came Steamboat Itchy. Steamboat Willie is not the first Mickey cartoon. It's the first cartoon in America with sound. Yes. And so that's labeled as Mickey's debut, even though that's not technically true. People had seen Playing Crazy, uh, but it's the first time Mickey talked, and it's the first time any cartoon character talked, I think, yeah. in the States. But uh, before before Steamboat Itchy, we have That Happy Cat, which is mm-hmm. the perfect send-up of, like, 20s <laughs> yes. animation where it's just like, here's a farm and the animals are dancing, yep. and that's the cartoon. Like, that's all it and is. always in three beats. It, yeah. Like, again, I, I'm, I'm just, I came upon that revelation recently. The only thing dated about all comedy is pacing and like the, like that's as far back as I can go the 1930s the pacing is so glacial <laughs> I, I think they really honed like Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. was a dick when he was yeah, first created totally. he was a mischievous a little prick yeah mm-hmm. and he would like play animals utters like an instrument like he would like <laughs> fuck with people pull guns yeah. people pull guy drink uh, like and that's I love that uh, doing the epic Mickey press tours like Warren Spector remember that those cartoons are a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, the, the, like Halloween's coming up watch the Haunted House Mickey. Oh, it's great. great stuff. Yeah. The Mad Scientist and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Mad, the Mad Doctor. All that stuff's great. And um, he, he kind of got softened as he became a corporate character. But for me, just like, I cannot believe there's a there's an exterior shot of the steamboat. Like, that is just literally from... <laughs> just they, they infer that during the commentaries and Matt Groening's, like, trying to shush them. Like, didn't we actually copy animation and backgrounds directly? Okay. And he's like, shh, don't say anything. Sorry, I didn't yeah. know that. But, like, that is... The shot in well, Steamboat. And well, and also really. the spinning of the wheel too mm-hmm. is yeah. the same one. But it's but it is such a glorious. So, and so, if I can make one recommendation for real animation fans, because I saw a fucking seventeen-year-old YouTuber scared the shit out of me that said "Amazing <laughs> World of Gumball" is canceled. Uh, but like, what I love a lot, the show is the funniest. It's carrying the Looney Tunes torch. I, mm. I can't get a single friend of mine to watch it. I think it's hysterical. I'll take you up on that, Chris. Uh, I think it's amazing. And one of the the most well, amazing. I watch Steven Universe first. One of the most <laughs> amazing. That's true. Things, I need but to watch you don't that. need to like Steven Universe. You got to get to like a certain point. Bye. Whereas this is just like <laughs> short, amazing, fun. Like, but but what it also does. Amazing World of Gumball uses every kind of animation. They go to school and they talk to a puppet, a CG object, a claymation object, a crude <laughs> squiggle vision. Like, they're every kind of animation. It's all there mixed is. media, yeah. So, when you look at it, you can see, like, that is moving at a different frame rate. And so is a lot of the itchy and scratchy stuff. And, like, yes. they've, never been, they've never been animated better. And so, the, the revelations I get about the process of animation from watching Amazing World of Gumball to this day, you can get in this episode. Because yeah. the itchy and scratchy have never been animated so well. And the, 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 the Foley work. There's more sound effects in the itchy and scratchy material than they usually get. Well, speaking of good animation, Chris, mm-hmm. my favorite bit in this is oh. the Hitler short. Like, mm-hmm. we have never so seen perfect. before or since such great animation on The Simpsons. Just mm-hmm. like a perfect send-up of WB wartime cartoons where it's just vi- like complete unaltered violence with just a, a, a message tacked onto the end. Like, like save scrap iron or yeah, whatever. Well, and it, yeah, it's, it's the fuller animation you saw in those old theatrical things. It reminded me, well, it reminded me in turn of like Warner, Disney, and MGM. Okay. Yeah. The, the extreme violence was almost more MGM or Tex Avery's MGM mm-hmm. though the faces were kind of they like I thought Itchy looked a bit like Jerry uh, but also a bit like uh, a Disney Q 
cutesy animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the way the characters would flop around and be rubbery, that felt more like Warner. And, and then also the wartime background, yeah. I was like, well, you just ripped rip that like straight Warner. out of yeah. a Warner World it, War II If I can be too. super nerdy, it looks like a direct shot from Commando Duck. That's what, like, and, whatever. Yeah. Is that Daffy yeah. Duck hitting Hitler with a hammer in and the back of the head? That is the only... Like character anybody would recognize today who interacted with Hitler in one of these propaganda <laughs> shorts because it actually like nobody bugs Donald Mickey they never got close to Hitler yeah like there was and, one short with like maybe it was like uh, Goebbels or Himmler yeah. or somebody like somebody stalking Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck throughout the entire cartoon maybe that is Commando Duck um, well I and there was the one with the there was one of the Three Little Pigs parody mm-hmm. with the with the wolf that is Hitler yeah. Yes. And then there was also that the is, one uh, with... It's called Chicken Little, not to be confused for the Zach Braff uh, animated vehicle. Who could forget? There was He's also... a summon in Kingdom Hearts 2, of course. Ugh, I disgusting. Yeah. There was also the Daffy one where he fights the the mm. eagle, the the mm. Nazi eagle. That's right, well. yeah. But yeah, Hitler was rarely depicted, you're right, it, in no, these so cartoons. It, it, it hurts my brain because I try and think of what this is a reference to, but the reality is only Daffy got that close to Hitler <laughs> once yes. for one second. But I, that has to be what this is referencing. And that scene actually inspired Al Jean and Mike Reese mm. to create the the critic because they were like what if we did a show with animation this good the critic would never look sure that good at all times but um right. it still looked a little bit better than the simpsons in terms of animation quality i in think time, yeah so well second, yeah sometimes <laughs> in the second season some episodes look real rough that opening is so beautiful though for the critic oh, yeah. yeah um i will say as a as the simpsons canon lover and mm-hmm. the history I would say this doesn't 100% jibe with the history of Chester J. Lampwick that would be introduced in the <laughs> season 8 episode. Oh, yeah, the itching scratchy, like, place in the world is so all over the place. I mean, and, it yeah. mostly does fit because they do show Steamboat Itchy again in the Chester J. Lampwick episode. That's right, episode, yeah. And they <clears> still infer that is the first episode. It's just, it is the first itchy cartoon all of this gets a little infuriating and i don't mind talking about it that much because i look at the wikis and the popular theories like the itchy and scratchy movie is based on the tom and jerry movie eat a dick the tom and jerry movie had not happened yet <laughs> they that, postdated no, this and it like, sucks and they like, talk it sucks they talk it's weird it's, it's, wrong too. it's, it's that the characters <laughs> are lightly based on tom and the, the characters are based on any theatrical cartoon short because uh, Worker and Parasite is based on those weird Czechoslovakian Tom and Jerry yeah, like cartoons. The, the Gene Deitch ones. The Hitler <laughs> thing is based on a Looney Tune. The birth date and black and whiteness are based on a, a Disney cartoon. God, I'll shut up now. I mean, it's every. Uh, re- it's a repository for yeah. animation references all over the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do like that that scene ends with the tale of the real life Itchy and Scratchy. Yes. Trap <laughs> that killed a kitten. <laughs> uh, oh, but right before this, there was. I just love the randomness of Bart smashing the mustard packets. Yeah, on the it's so. It made me want to do that. That was people one of the- always <laughs> freeze frame this weird in between frame of Bart looking back at Homer, but mm-hmm. as as Homer's asking what he's doing, it's this very weird drawing of Bart with his eyelids half closed and his mouth half open. It's a I've seen it on Twitter like a billion like oh. the Marge crumping picture, whatever the hell that is. Oh god, the Marge crumping yes. one. I lo- I really do love that. That's yeah, the best I, joke in the new series. That must be from a Zombie Simpsons episode because I don't remember. It. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. It's a recent one. But uh, that, Jesus, that all leads us to, oh God, Bart. Uh, Bart's what? He's not watching Maggie, and Maggie ends up getting behind the wheel of the car yes. and creating yeah. a prison break. I, I you know, this uh, was a good joke. This was a thought I had earlier in the episode too with the grandpa's teeth. That and the Maggie stuff. Whenever it's the three kids hanging out and just being kids, I'm always like, oh, this is shorts. This is like this is Tracy yeah. Ullman shorts thing mm-hmm. because so many Tracy Ullman shorts are like. 
the three kids hang out and, Maggie's and always break there. things or whatever. Or Maggie Maggie gets away and has a crazy mm-hmm. adventure. I'm putting this out there now. We should do a shorts episode as a bonus because I was watching a lot of those last night and some of them are in high quality on YouTube and I think they have great animation. They hold uh, out. It's just amazing how fast they evolve. It yeah, really, really do. Because we're, we're doing 30, 20, 10 right now and like I think recently the Fox Network launched and it launched with one program <laughs> the Joan Rivers talk show Whoa. It, can you imagine you have to fill 24 hours of airtime, and you made one show <laughs> and, then, and then like within the next April is when Tracy Ullman starts well they counted mm-hmm. on affiliates to cover the rest yeah. of it they're just like hey we're a network for two hours tonight and that's it two hours a week but Bart, gets, uh, Bart finally gets oh sorry Hank go ahead uh, but I do like the dual lines of snake in this episode yeah. like alright a crime spree <clears throat> and, and oh, oh no beta this which has, we have, probably, might have to put in context for people yes. that was the video cassette format that lost it was um, the less wanted format killed by porn apparently because VHS was cheaper and I guess porn people go people go where porn goes but there is like, one of several scenes in the series of someone driving recklessly past Wiggum and him not caring oh like <laughs> this happens like at least four times in the show I think <laughs> Yeah, anybody like, get There's loved. a dog driving a bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also when Otto's bus drives by, he's like, anybody get the number of that? And, yeah. And then in the next episode, like, nice doggy. Like, That's uh, a nice, nice reckless drive, Mr. B. Yeah, Wiggum has gotten very bad yeah. this season. But uh, just diving back into the story, Bart has allowed this to happen with Maggie and finally gets his real punishment. All right, boy. This calls for the biggest punishment I ever handed down, and this time it's going to stick. Come on, Homer, this isn't funny. Damn right. Bart, you can't go to see that itchy and scratchy movie ever! (gasps) Okay, so now I put my animation nerd roots out there. I legit think this is cruel. (laughs) It is cruel. Because he didn't just say this week or at opening night. It was ever, ever and forever. And, like, there's just numerous scenes where... A family member has to come and plead, and it used to seem silly and like we, but yeah, that's too much. If I was told like a year, that would break my yeah. heart. But I'd be like, so even you're on eight. VHS, I could never watch. You're this. eight. You, yeah. you could, you're told you can never watch this ever. You 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 would think about that nonstop. There's a lot of life ahead of you. Yeah. yeah. Dad, you gotta let me see that movie. Can't you just give me a spanking? Come on, go nuts. <laughs> Don't point that thing at me. Bare ass. Said you're not going to the movie, and I'm sticking to it. Dad, I agree that Bart should be punished, but the itchy and scratchy movie is the defining event of our generation. How would you have liked it if someone told you that you couldn't watch the moon landing? It's, it, yeah. it would it would be, because if there was a... God, Space Jam is such a terrible comparison. Ugh. But it, but it's like if someone said you can't... Donald Duck and Mickey were in a movie, mm-hmm. and you've been, you've been weaned on those cartoons for a decade? Well, Roger Rabbit, right? Uh, well, Roger Rabbit was a spontaneously created character. Yeah, yeah. But if but, you were told, like, you can't see the new Star Wars. Yeah, the Star Wars is yeah. the only real comparison I have, because that's the kind of thing we all get mad hype for. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it'll be less special now, but, like, Episode Seven was, oh, the first forward-moving Star Wars in 30 years. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, okay, so the lining up for stuff... Mm-hmm. I guess they were doing like I people lined up all the time then, but it really feels more like a parody of now that like yes. everybody lines well, up for everything. I, I I've had numerous, I've had several failed stand up bits about that, but uh, my <laughs> girlfriend titled it "Line Culture," and I can't stand it. And it's very present in San Francisco. Not only are people camped out right now for a fucking iPhone Seven, I don't wait for shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they, but like you to get a croissant 
for five dollars, people will line up for two hours. Like, what? What are you trying to? Why do I have to show up to a fucking movie theater for tickets I bought online to a show with a very specific start time, and you yeah. show up here three hours early? Why does that keep happening? Yeah, I think this was like I remember the writers talking in the commentaries about just being surprised by the lines for like movies like Batman. They would see a lot of movies together, and there'd they, be they, huge they lines for them. Constantly go back to that of that they yeah. all went to the same screening of 1989 Batman mm-hmm. in production of season one, wow. and but by season four, even most of them had families and weren't, yeah. they weren't hanging out together. This episode did make me think though. So when Bart can't see the movie, he, mm-hmm. there's a scene of him like I'll just entertain myself with my imagination, and he can't do it. And I was like, I was thinking, is it possible for a child to be bored in 2016? That must like being bored must be just like yeah. a relic of a forgotten age. There is no way anyone could ever be bored anymore. I, I we on thirty twenty ten we brought up the what was it? at the time of my first favorite movie the straight to video my pet monster uh, where a little <laughs> that's boy, a great video game parody opening. Yeah, it, yeah. Does, it really does. Like yeah. it's yeah, like it's one of the first great. people to animate that, and that's the it's only kind of the best part of that movie. So. I remember that because I was watching with a friend. I was like, that looks just like a video game. They're like, what's a yeah. video game? And I was like, get get yeah, out of here, my house. <laughs> I need to but show you things. But it was a forty five minute movie. I rented it every weekend. I could watch it over over so when i got bored i would play that movie in my head scene by scene and be totally satisfied wow that was probably mean um, space balls <laughs> i think i did i did that with like uh boy elf episodes maybe <laughs> mm. when i think of the late 80s in pre-simpsons time in simpsons time that was what i played okay. yeah head. old simpsons tapes uh speaking of stories mm. i like stories do you have this clip um it's my i think it's a great homer moment but also the Continual dumbening of Homer. Like, yeah. His IQ drops about five points this episode. I think I cut that part. I really wanted a catcher's mitt, but yeah. my dad wouldn't get it for me. So I held my breath until I passed out and banged my head on the coffee table. The doctor thought I might have brain damage. Dad, what's the point of this story? I like stories. Well, can we please go <laughs> to the movie? I know my punishment might seem a little harsh, but I can't go back on it. You're welcome to watch anything you want on TV. TV sucks. I know you're upset right now, so I'll pretend you didn't say that. <laughs> Again, going through 302010 in like a Magnum PI two-parter and Simon and Simon, there absolutely was a vast ocean <laughs> yeah. of difference between films and TV shows. There were there was no fucking comparison. If you were to tell me I can't see Terminator 2 and I have to watch Beverly Hills 90210 instead, <laughs> there's no comparison. You have to watch Drexel's Class. Chris. Drexel's Class. Or Saturday afternoon television. Yes, like, like, this is like Aliens is out. <laughs> so what are you going to sit at home and watch fucking Pinwheel? Uh, and they oh, anything up- but Pinwheel. <laughs> Then came a really, when Lisa comes back from seeing the movie, comes a really this great, great. in-joke. Mm-hmm. This is like the first big in-joke I think I got yeah. at the time. How was it? It wasn't that great. Be honest. It was the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. And you wouldn't believe the celebrities who did cameos. Dustin Hoffman, Michael Jackson. Of course, they didn't use their real names, but you could tell it was them. Lisa. Sorry, Bart. Take that, Sam Edick. I'm sure you, yes, if you're listening to the show the whole time, you know that they they were probably credited as Sam Edick and Jay Johns. They did not They did not mention uh, Penny Marshall, though, who did not Penny use Marshall. her real name. Or any name, I don't think. I don't even know if there was a pseudonym there. So, but yeah. Yeah, it was. It doesn't sound like she went to a real microphone to record that. No, part. it's just like, <laughs> that's all on Patreon. I'll do it over the phone. Time. So in the pre-internet age, like... You could read a magazine or a trade magazine, like there, and there are definitely like news articles that would tell you that's Dustin. Yeah, Hoffman the news in this episode, but it was the news 
promoted it as Dustin Hoffman and Michael Jackson, but for legal reasons, for Michael Jackson... Michael, yeah, in both cases, they kept it an open secret, but mm-hmm. you didn't really know. Or but at this least, is the they, show, so this, you're right, this is the show confirming it for you. Yeah, this was, I mean, even on the commentary for the Michael Jackson episode... Mm-hmm. They finally are just going like, I guess we're not keeping this a secret. Yeah, anymore. I mean, due to recent events, I won't mention here. I think we're we're learning now, and we have been learning just how restrictive music music contracts yeah. are. They like own your soul. You can't do yeah. anything. You have to work with people who have done horrible things to you. It's just mm. like a nightmare. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Well, Kesha has a Simpsons connection. <laughs> exactly. I didn't want to mention that, but there you go. <laughs> I well, that that about, sequence, I, 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 I really like it. It's actually. the death of the Simpsons. Well, that, really that's like when it. they die. Really like enough, enough about Kesha. Let's talk about another cool celebrity. Never Norman hear... Mailer. <laughs> yes, uh, the Naked and the Dead. Am I right? Yes, okay. Yeah. Who wrote is... the novelization to the Itching Scratch, which is giant. That's Not Leon joke. Uris. <laughs> that Norman Mailer wrote very long books. Yeah, and uh, that he and it was big enough to crush all the stuff in the trash can. It's a great visual joke. And then, and then Millhouse bullies. Bart, which is a very is random great. moment. He teams up with well, I've Nelson. seen the Itchy and Scratchy movie 13 times. I've seen it 17 times. You guys must be getting pretty tired of that movie by now. No one who saw the movie would say that. Let's get him! I, I hope that's still happening with kids, seeing movies, <laughs> needing to see movies in the theaters multiple times. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is great! <laughs> well, stop it, Bob. Maybe Captain America Civil War. That's, I better. that's well, better. I think it more is the kids just... Force Don't Awakens. kids just run, wear out their DVDs of Disney They, they do. Films, DVDs like, were in the... Uh, Rays, but, like, the screen, the All tablets. the joke reads to me like Jurassic Park. And I was... I, I lo- That was like... That movie got me woke on film. <laughs> Shrey woke, y'all. AF. And then, uh, and then, like I think, my friend and I were kind of in a competition to see it over and over again. So to be able to convince your parents to take you to see a movie thirteen times, which I did yeah. for Jurassic Park, because it was in the theater for over a year. I know I'm not a kid anymore. I know I see a movie that that looks good. I'll wait for. I'll wait to steal that on BitTorrent. <laughs> um, like that. That's that's what I yeah. say in my brain. I'll now. watch my Russian stream. Yeah, <laughs> I I felt very proud of myself for going to a movie theater and watching a movie recently. Seeing that was Hunt not the, a Marvel. In the same weekend, seeing Peach Dragon and Hunt for the Wilder People, two great films shot in New Zealand. I saw Hell or High Water, which is a really good little uh, modern western. You're both Jeff. patrons of the fine arts, officially. Uh, but of course. Then I wouldn't be watching TV. Can't you see the bind I'm in? I love that line. I, yeah. I think of that all the time. Okay, yeah, I got that It's one. incredibly selfish. I love it. Hummer, we'd like to talk to you. But then I won't be watching TV. You can see the bind I'm in. Dad, you've got to let Bart see that movie. I've never seen him like this. He has the demented melancholia of a Tennessee Williams heroine. Don't you think I know that? Well, Hummer would know that. It's been two months. You laid down the law and I'm proud of you. But I think we've gotten through to him. Ah, sweet, soft-hearted Marge. You just can't see the big picture. If I stick to my guns, the boy could wind up Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. If I fail, the best he could do is judge at a Mr. Tight Buns competition. (laughs) I can't let that happen. I won't let that happen, and I can't let that happen. All right, so that that is pretty much... I love the uh, being... That's... That's the joke. That's kind of my line of the show, but then also so is this. We're home! We got beats! <laughs> I don't know. It's a non sequitur that I love. <laughs> it's it's so a kid good. getting excited about a weird thing. <laughs> but yeah. And so the biggest uh, plot hole in this is that there is no way a, 
a theater wouldn't just sell Bart the ticket, even if Homer told them, don't sell my son a ticket. Especially in this era of movie theaters. That would never yeah. happen. I've, I've sold movie tickets to kids. <laughs> I, at a, I worked as in the box office at an AMC theaters from 2003 to 2004. And when I was there, like... I only enforce the R rating stuff when I want to just be a dick. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're 15, you want to see a sorry to movie? I technically don't care, but I also love the power I have to deny <laughs> I'm you this the god. Movie, yeah. So fuck you. But, but I, otherwise, I, I'd just be like, yeah, watch whatever. I don't care. I know I shouldn't get off on this rant. It just, I love all my early theater experience, experiences. And this is also an episode from a way earlier time in our pop cultural history. And the Aztec Theater is still around forever. I love the old movie house uh, motif that yeah. they have. Is like, there, like, think of any, every place you saw a movie when you were a kid. Is that movie theater still there? I would argue that it is not. Uh, it was replaced with stadium seating, move closer to the mall. Yeah. Uh, it's not still there. Mine is, but it's still shitty. It wasn't one of those old movie <laughs> okay. houses that we have in uh, you know San Francisco mm-hmm. or even my hometown of Youngstown, which was turned into a porn theater in the 70s yeah. and then abandoned in the 80s and then you know, knocked down in the 2000s. So. Wow. Again, I've said that a billion times on other shows. I watched the Care Bears and Pinocchio, the Emperor of the Night, in the, the Tallahassee, Florida, Northwood Mall. Mm. Northwood Mall was eventually bought by the state, and my first job was at the Department of Business and Professional Regulation, where I uh, scanned documents and corrected them into a computer. Inside of the theater, I saw my first favorite movie. Wow. Uh, What an awful... These ceilings are really high. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm in the theater. This (laughs) sucks. There's something that, like, in in, uh, my my hometown of Berkeley, where Mm -hmm. I live now, uh, they don't knock any buildings over Mm -hmm. in the Bay Area because everything's so expensive. Mm -hmm. So there's a dollar store by me and has a huge, huge ceiling. And I walk in there. I'm looking up like, what's going... Oh, my God. This used used to be a movie house. Like, there's an ornate balcony and, like, all all these fixtures and this beautifully decorated ceiling. It's really sad. And the mission in San Francisco, like... uh, The the Alamo Drafthouse revitalized one of the theaters. The other one, across the street, old and beautiful, kept the front facade, found more profit being a parking garage. They hollowed out the whole thing, and you park there now, and they make more money. I mean, in Berkeley, there's a few abandoned ones, too, though. I do like Mm -hmm. the... Cal- the California theater is still a really good little it's theater. It's more than 100 years old, and I was like, what were they playing in the early yeah. uh, you teens? You guys owe it to yourself as East Bay folk to go to the Paramount if you haven't. I've been there, man. It's, it's amazing. It's built during Prohibition, and you can see the areas where they hid liquor. Yeah. It's, it's great. literally like a palace. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> so the Itchy and Scratchy movie finally leaves theaters. And it, but there's, it, there's a fucking news story about it, Hank. Yes. That's I'm here at the Springfield Aztec Theater, where, after eight months and nine Academy Awards, the itchy and scratchy movie is showing for the last time. Tomorrow, a new movie starring Liza Minnelli and Mickey Rourke will open. Will it be as successful? (laughs) Only time will tell. Well, I guess you won. No, son, we both won. You don't know it now, but I've started you on the road to somewhere very special. It's the only thing that makes the show cute. What's that? I still think this is cruel of Homer. Uh, it's pretty cruel. Uh, but this new movie Bro- Brockman's talking about, so it's probably funny. not as bad as, as Honk if you're horny, but <laughs> I feel like Liza Minnelli and Mickey Rourke were at the lowest point of their careers even, at this 93, time. 93, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What was Mickey Rourke even doing? Just getting uglier? I mean, <laughs> what was uh, happening? I mean, they both were in different states of drug problems. Ah, that's that right. Point. And, mm. and neither of them had starred in a movie in a very long time. So the idea of them together, though also... The idea in 1992 that they'd still be alive, both of them would still be alive in 2016, yeah. is pro- was probably oh, a crazy yeah. idea. And yet, 
Here they Here are. They are. Liza Minnelli and Cabaret, though, is beautiful. Uh, gorgeous. She's and I, gorgeous. I do. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I love Liza. I love Liza. You, you got to come out on every episode. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, I hate how me, how adamant Homer is about this because it's the only thing he's ever stuck to, and it hurts. Yeah, Bart. Uh, I think that Bart really didn't watch it for forty this years. W- this would devastate me. In fact, <laughs> I would probably be doing more podcasts right now if my <laughs> my father prevented me from seeing the movie I was most looking forward to. I'm glad I grew up with lax parenting. Uh, yeah, it really uh, helped me out. But the future stuff, which I sort of hate, twenty thirty two is so great. I, so, I was yeah. I was Actually, expecting more future jokes coming into this after watching some of Futurama. I my the funniest one that I didn't recognize because Homer and Bart are walking down the street. Uh, Bart is now a Supreme Court justice. As, uh, yeah, uh, uh, and that it says the itchy and scratchy movie in a very small parenthetical. <laughs> yes. Also, Beauty and the Beast. That is a great joke. I didn't realize at the time that Beauty and the Beast was kind of critically I don't have another word for it that the, it was the, beloved yeah, yeah. it won uh, animated film yeah. to be nominated for an, for an Academy Oscar. Award the best picture they had to create yeah. an award just for animated films because like yeah maybe these movies can sometimes be as good as these other I say movies. fuck that category because every piece it's of garbage awful. ends up in that yeah. it's awful it's, I hate it all. Though, it's funny that this episode first feels like a real criticky episode yeah. but then ends with a Futurama yes. yeah. like the pilot yeah. Futurama it's both of the spiritual successors to the Simpsons which then didn't last as long as it's the it's funny Simpsons. it's bookended by those you're right yeah. and uh, I feel like this was the last time a Soylent Green joke could be funny uh, yeah, I mean I, they've I been overused it. the hell and back I love the Phil Hartman uh, SNL sketch like Soylent Cowpies are people. people yeah one senior citizen and one chief justice of the Supreme Court it, 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 I'll get it, son. That'll be six hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> One soylent green. Hold the butter. <laughs> soylent green. Didn't get it at the time. People, the holy trilogy of Charlton Heston as Jesus <laughs> is is soylent green, Omega Man, and Planet. Oh, of the Omega Man's so good. All of them, he dies in the end. Yeah, uh, for your sins. They're all beautiful for the sins of society. And and soylent green. I know that joke is sort of hack. But I, it wasn't at this point. Yeah, it wasn't because I think it was like kind of a small movie. Yeah, and it, it is so good. It is great. The people scoopers. Ah, the, I uh, think it became an old women are furniture. It became an overdone joke because the kids who grew up watching it mm-hmm. then started writing comedy, and they, the Simpsons were one of the first to get to it. Okay, so this is not a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. This is not like no. an imagination. Mm-hmm. This is 40 years in the future. And so I, would like I to... still take it as canonical. When they've done mm-hmm. later fast-forward episodes and Bart's not on the track to be Supreme Court Justice, like it kind of bothers me. I don't like that. And that's I... why I liked in the Ren Fair episode mm-hmm. of Lisa's Wedding Day. That's the only that one I feel like is canonical. Bart says, Bart says, but I'm just working all the, out all this aggression before I go to law school. Oh. Implying that he is going to law school to Whoa. become a lawyer, and that is the track to become a judge, and then a Supreme Court judge. Well, this, this did bug Macaraining, tying like, tying this future down for Bart. Yeah, he did not like that idea, it not being yeah, a dream that, sequence. I, but mm. I've always kind of, I don't know, I hold them as like alternate timelines that serve that episode. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't take them very seriously. I'm not offended seriously. by it. I They're know it really won't happen. Canonical, I know. But I, I like when they stick with that and stick with him being on the track to go to law. Mm. So that's why I was less a fan of him becoming just, you know, a judge. A wannabe Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. That, that episode I like. Though that episode has funny bits, but mm-hmm. liked it a little less. It did predict President Trump. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's the one who appointed uh, Judge Bart Simpson. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> lifetime. Uh, but I have to point this out. As I get older, so do my parents. 
and this is sort of what it's like. It really got me the end of this. I did not expect that. Sort of what it's like to watch stuff with my dad now. Yeah. Which one's the mouse? Itchy. Itchy's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it really, it really does get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea now, I, as a kid, it, it was meaningless to me. But, like, the idea of, like, my dad's getting older. Well, glad we can like, talk about that. Just connecting with him. I brought it up on, on a... On a friend gathering like is anybody else's dad getting slower <laughs> this is like in the head and speech they're all getting a little like, slower uh, yeah, yeah it's happening uh you know actually yeah i'm gonna ruin a story i'll tell in uh, here <laughs> on this podcast but um the spoilers the, the weirdest sync up of this was so my grandfather my on my dad's side who i called papa daddy because he was uh my South papa big daddy, daddy. <laughs> his papa daddy and he was from arkansas uh but anyway so he was visiting us in florida he almost never visits us but he visited us and uh he actually would pass away just like uh four years after this but All so right, he came dude. and visited us and uh it's simpsons night so we're watching the simpsons mm-hmm. and he's gonna watch it with us and so I thought it's just any old random episode. It starts with one joke, and he, he watches it. He laughs a little at that. Then he falls asleep while we're watching it, <laughs> as Grandpa would. Mm-hmm. And this episode would then turn out to be <laughs> the Grandpa versus Sexual Infertility, oh. which is all about a cross-generational connection between Grandpa Homer and his children. Wow. I was like... I think it was so obvious the connection to us in the room that we didn't want to talk about it. We're <laughs> That's like, a weird episode to watch with your parents in yeah, the room. Well, yeah. yeah. Was, They're reverse was, vampires, Bob. I, I, th- I thought so. Reverse vampires. So anyway, yeah, that was... I still think back on that, too, as like one of my favorite... The, the joke he laughed at was when there's more than one way to get high, baby. <laughs> and then my papa and daddy said... Uh, he sure did get high, huh? His car went up. Like, and then he went... Then you he called him your pop. That was adorable, by I, the way. I do like a, Itchy's a jerk is a real Moe's their yeah. leader comment. Yeah. And uh, you, like <laughs> that kind of reaction to something you're watching with your parents. Uh, I, I was back home recently talking to my mom. We were talking about politicians, and I forget who she was talking about. It was uh, some politician, and she was like, that's just like something out of the Bart Simpson show. The like, Bart Simpson <laughs> yeah. show. Uh, and also Bart, Bart and Homer sitting in front of the... Screen that is an MST3K thing. Yeah, on the so, commentary they said that's the yeah, uh, one of like maybe two homages in the entire series to MST3K. One, one it would be on in most bars. Uh, the Burns a Shot episode. Yes, my favorite episode. Yeah. So stay tuned for that Part one. Part one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and lastly, the thing I want to talk about is that they originally they were going to show nothing of the movie uh, in I, the theater. But I'm kind they of felt it yeah. was a cop out. So instead. They took that railroad oh, scene yeah. that was going to be earlier in the show and put it there. Oh, they so moved you'd it. See okay, something and so, but it, it's lavish. It, it looks it looks better than most of the regular. I want to give them credit for that yeah, because but, it looks it looks of a higher quality than a normal Itchy and Scratchy episode. But maybe so when they say it would have been a cop out to never show the movie. Yeah. But, Oppositely, they set up that this movie was so amazing. It was yeah. the greatest movie anyone had ever seen. It seems seen. to be 40 seconds long. Yeah. yeah. And then you see, you're like, this is just itchy and scratchy. Yeah. Like, yeah. like in retrospect, maybe they, they shouldn't have shown it and put that uh, that scene in earlier because I feel like um, it could never live up to the the mm. what all the kids were saying, what the critics were saying, the nine Academy Awards, like everything. <laughs> I mean, it was a very lavish scene that we should have seen. costumes? How yes. many Academy <laughs> Awards are there? <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I feel like, again... Um, 
it was good that this was not the jumping of the shark of itchy and scratchy when it could have been they could have just been like this is one of the things we just won't do anymore like auto like we're done with itchy and scratchy now but itchy and scratchy land is one of my favorite episodes ever. oh it's it's and like nothing but jokes and yeah. i love it yeah they don't even jump to sh- jump the shark in the poochie episode no like, no it pushes it but it doesn't until like, frank crimes yeah, <laughs> that's the the perfect jumping of the shark. Well, the show you. should have ended mm-hmm. by by my standards. Anyways, it's all good. Frank Grimes is coming back. Thank you for li- oh, shut up, Chris. Yeah, thank you. I don't. I do. I will not acknowledge that on this podcast. But thank you so much for listening <laughs> to Talking Simpson. This is probably our longest episode because it remember it used to be half an hour. Oh my god, mm-hmm. we are we are the biggest animation dorks, and this is an episode all about <laughs> animation. Expect the same from Itchy and Scratchy Land when we learn all about the Nazi roots of oh, yeah. uh, Roger Meyer's uh, senior. We're gonna go downstairs, yes. get hammered, and yeah. come back and watch Donald cartoon so my fucking eyes bleed neat, neat. that's a great way to, to live your life uh i'm goofy and a uh, heroin so uh that's one way to go so yes i've been your host bob mackie you can find me on twitter as bob servo i also do the classic gaming podcast retronauts you can find that every monday at retronauts.com or usgamer.net all these guys have been on it you'll like it a lot and i also write for something awful.com a comedy article every other thursday for the past 11 goddamn years I know. I'm full of ideas that are unprofitable. Henry, where can we find you? H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. That's where you'll find all my thoughts on this election, and you can block me at some point. Uh, but Or just turn off retweets. Guess okay? what? You'll Henry be... doesn't like one of the guys. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in it. I don't like the, the man in it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. The I, name I, of I, the man. <laughs> I write for fandom.com, but also I'm still part of the Laser Time podcast family. You can hear me on so many great podcasts, including, you know, you could go back and listen to my old comic book podcast, Cape Crisis. There were 200 amazing episodes of that. And also you can hear tons of great exclusive things that I'm on on patreon.com slash laser time, where for $5 a month you can access to so many great things, at least $5 a month. You could get more if you wanted, but you can get the entire first season of Talking Simpsons along with our season two and season three wrap up specials only on patreon.com slash laser time. That's like eight hours of the show you probably haven't heard before. (laughs) I know. You're so good at that plug. Uh, I'm so glad I never have to do it. What I was trying Trying to plug uh, is lasertimepodcast.com. It's where all our shows and our videos live. You've heard me plug things in the past that you're probably not interested in, judging by the analytics of our traffic. <laughs> uh, but but what I was trying to remember, I've, I've written a couple really deep uh, animated articles. I can only remember who... Roger it, Rabbit? Yeah, the 10 things you didn't know about who framed Roger Rabbit. Animal Olympics? Animal Olympics. Jesus. That is what i got to show you some. And uh, But Henry, you, we you did most of the work on it, but it was about animated grudges... That oh, played yes. out on film, and yeah. uh, some of the, some of the stuff we're talking about, you can see, yeah, just just flex our knowledge of how knowledgeable we are. Uh, I love doing that article, and it was all inspired I, by that sick little monkey's book. It was mm. actually all inspired. Uh, it came out of a raging fight between the two of us that then turned into <laughs> a great article. You made it productive. You made it work. <laughs> That's always um, nice to hear. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I've never seen that happen before. Like. You motherfucker! That is a good idea. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that now. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this long, long episode of Talking Simpsons, which I love to mm-hmm. do. And we'll be back next week with Marge getting a job. Mm-hmm. See you then. infotainment.